Jake here. Thank you for taking a trip to the past with me. The original podcast version of The Americans will be released weekly, but if you don't want to wait, then go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. You'll receive access to all of The Americans as well as early release novels, audiobooks, and other exclusive extras. That's jakebible.substack.com. Now enjoy the original podcast production of The Americans. Cheers. Warning. This podcast reading is for mature audiences only. You will not be warned again. Welcome to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans, book two in the Dead Mech Apex Trilogy. The Americans is a sidequel to Dead Mech, meaning it takes place simultaneously with book one. You can listen to this novel first or start with Dead Mech. Go to jakebible.com for more information on this podcast, Dead Mech, and other fiction by Jake Bible. Enjoy. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Americans. I did get another episode out, isn't that great? You also want to know what else is out, do you? Do you? The ebook of The Americans. You can get it at Amazon, you can get it at Barnes & Noble, and you can get it on Smashwords. Links are available on my website, jakebible.com. Click Buy the Fiction, click one of your favorite retailer links there, and it'll take you to the full listing of everything I have available on that retailer's website so you can buy yourself some fine 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 fiction and yeah that's really about what it, i was gonna say oh wait no dead mech if you haven't purchased it yet is at 2.99 um because while i'm releasing the americans at 4.99 i've put dead mech on sale so if you haven't gotten a copy yet go get it now you can read either one first whatever suits your fancy and then you will be all set and ready and all caught up. So for those of you who don't want to wait for the next few episodes to come out and see how The Americans ends, go get yourself a copy, and then you can find out. You can read that ending first if you want, if you're one of those crazy people. Crazy people. And that's it. I'm not going to ramble too much more. In fact, I'm not going to ramble at all. I'm going to let you get right into this episode. Be sure and go to jakebible.com for more info and links to ebooks. And I'll talk to you all later. Enjoy. Chapter 28 The Chinese HAVs set the front, waiting for the three's military forces to crest the hill and engage. They never expected the line of shambling forms that came at them instead. The general in charge of the Chinese forces began shouting orders into the calm, calling for all HAVs to open fire and move in. Rockets shot from the machines, exploding in the midst of the undead, sending rotting limbs and body parts meters into the air. Some of the HAV drivers flinched and broke when their windshields were covered in putrid offal, swerving instinctively, smashing into other HAVs next to them. Chaos reigned, and Mr. Stone grinned from well behind the initial assault, his HAV having just broken through the Chinese border shield, the override code provided to them from one of the three spies having worked perfectly. As flames erupted from many of the Chinese HAVs and burning troops poured from the wreckage, Mr. Stone gave the order for all forces to attack. The battle was over in only a few bloody, brutal minutes. Mr. Stone told his driver to push on, and the three's HAVs kept rolling, picking up the undead ground forces as they went. 
Many HAVs held back and waited for the defeated Chinese troops to rise and join the ranks, their undead bodies falling under the three's control. Give me an ETA, Mr. Stone ordered. Intel intercepted the Jack's satellite images, and they know we are coming. Fifteen hundred kilometers, sir, the driver answered. At full speed, our point will hit Lhasa in only seven hours. Good, Mr. Stone smiled. Make sure we pick up as many ground troops as we can along the way. But I don't want the point HAVs to slow down. Let the rear ones gather. I'll broadcast that now, the driver said, activating his comm. More fodder, eh, Stone? The more the merrier, right? We'll outnumber them. But after all our failures, Reginald, I don't plan on underestimating an American again. Too bad we learned that lesson too late. Too late for you, Reg. Not too late for me. Well, that's a bit harsh. Mr. Stone didn't respond, just kept his eyes focused on the landscape ahead. Good job, Brenton, the general called over her calm. Those suits you created could possibly keep our people alive back there. Thank you, General, Melissa responded. I couldn't have done it without Beth's help. I'm currently replicating the design, General, for the rest of our convoy, Beth interrupted. I have programmed each suit to be self-fitting, so any ghost can grab one. Perfect, Miss Laughlin. I wish I could have twenty of you, the general said. No offense, general, but I don't think twenty of me would want to exist, Beth responded. It's not exactly a full life. Understood, the general agreed. I'll just make do with you, then. He paused briefly, listening to someone not on the comm. The three's forces have broken through the border and are pushing into China. He paused again. First wave of Chinese forces have been defeated. Second wave has retreated. It's open land between the three and us. Alex will slow them down, Beth insisted, glancing at Melissa, who just stared ahead, refusing to meet her eye. I know he'll try, the general trailed off. We're here, Stiles said. Second thoughts? We could always dump the ghosts and bail. Nice try. Alex laughed. Just do a couple sweeps. Let's get some scans. The BTT banked sharply as Stiles brought the aircraft around, trying to scan as much area as possible. Soon a hollow began to form in the middle of the cockpit, and Alex gulped. That's a lot of HAVs, Alex said. Stiles glanced over and laughed. There's more vehicles down there than people up here. Glad I'm staying up here. No need to rub it in, Eddie. Alex snapped. Hey, don't get your royal silk panties in a bunch, Al, Stiles growled back. I know your lady is dropping into hell on earth, but I need you focused. Who's in charge here, huh? Me or you? You want me to answer that? Stiles grinned. Alex couldn't help but grin also. Okay, sorry, I'm a little worked up, Alex apologized. I just got her back. I understand, man, but you need to suck it up and be ready, Stiles said, his face becoming grim. Because if we have to, I'm setting the engine cores to red level and diving this thing right into those motherfuckers. Heather patted her metallic gray-black bodysuit. You're all ghosts and have been around the block a few times, so I won't tell you how this shit works, Heather addressed the twenty men and women seated in the BTT's cargo hold. But something you should know is that since we have all been infected, we can all self-repair. Now, there's no way Styles can get us close enough to land without the BTT being detected, so we're going to have to jump. Jump? An older ghost, Roger Billums asked. From how high? About 5,000 feet, Heather said, and the group gasped. 
But before you freak, you can trust me that the nanotech in your body will repair all damage. My niece also added a little something extra. The suit will trigger a full body anesthetic upon impact. It won't block the initial shock, but you won't be in agony after you hit. Depending on damage, you should be able to repair in just a matter of seconds. You should all have enough energy to do that and take several mortal wounds before... Before we get zombified, a woman, Jean Lister asked. Before we come back is one of those things? Exactly, Heather answered. Now, for some great news. Miss Brenton has programmed the suits to be open source. They will respond to your will as if they were raw BC. Whatever your skills, they will work for you. Really? The skeptical ghost T.L. Jones asked. Even projectiles? Yep. Just grab more BCs you need mass for reloading, Heather responded. Now that's the good news. Heather took a deep breath. The bad news is that the suits are designed to reprogram the nanotech if you do die. That in of itself is not bad, since it means you won't become a mindless killer. But once you are revived, you will need to feed to build your mass back up. Otherwise, you won't last long, at least not as a thinking person. You'll revert to zombie consciousness in a matter of minutes. Feed? Jean Lister asked. You mean flesh? Yes. Sorry, but there's no way around it, Heather stated. And fresh. You'll need to kill and consume before the body cools. Either that or you're lost forever and will have to be put down. Cheery, a ghost said from the back. Eat flesh or die. Great. Heather gave everyone a moment for it to all sink in. Any questions? Why the fuck did I volunteer for this? A ghost said next to Heather. You didn't, another answered. Ah, that explains it. They all chuckled nervously, but went quiet quickly, left alone with their thoughts. Soon, several of them were retching and throwing up red-black goo. Yeah, you're gonna be doing that, too, Heather stated. Sorry. Heather, Styles called over the comm. I'm holding steady. Depart when you're ready. Thanks, Styles. Heather responded. Go ahead and unlock cargo doors. Done. Godspeed. Thanks, Styles. Heather said. She was quiet for a moment. Can you give me and Alex a private channel? Styles looked over at the prince and grinned. Will do. Alex nodded and left the cockpit. We're alone, he said over the comm. I don't know all the details of what happened to us, Heather began. But you need to know however ugly it got. I have always loved you and will forever. I know that, Alex smiled. I always have known that. It's why I never pressed for the divorce. I, I knew someday we'd be back together. Too bad we have to die now. That is unfortunate. The silence between them was thick with emotions neither could put into words. Goodbye, my prince, Heather sniffed. Goodbye, princess. Sir, we have something on the scanners, the HAV driver announced to Mr. Stone. Bring it up on hollow, Mr. Stone said, turning his attention from the windshield. An image lit up and Mr. Stone furrowed his brow. Zoom in. What are those? Missiles? No, sir, they aren't giving off any explosive signature, the driver answered. It looks like they're people, sir. Mr. Stone zoomed in and his eyes went wide. His surprise was soon replaced with respect. They're dropping on us. Get every gun we can on them. The second their chutes open, let them have it. Yes, sir, the driver said, sending the orders to the rest of the HAVs. Crazy jacks. Leave it to them to drop in uninvited. Quiet, Reg. Mr. Stone growled. I need to focus. I'll call you when I need you. You're the boss, Stone. 
Mr. Stone watched the figures fall, checking their position against the altitude reading on the hollow. When the first person sped past the safe height for chute deployment, Mr. Stone began to worry. When they all passed the height and kept coming, Mr. Stone activated his comm. Fire! I want every gun blasting those assholes out of the sky! Sir, trajectories show that each body is aimed right for an HAV. I don't think they intend to deploy chutes. No shit, idiot! Mr. Stone yelled. Why the fuck do you think I just gave the order to fire? In seconds, the first body slammed into a rear HAV, crushing the front of it, bringing the assault vehicle to a grinding halt. Soon the rest of the ghosts impacted, and the battle began. I have missiles fixed on the HAVs that weren't stopped, Alex yelled. Get me as close as possible so I can blast these fuckers. I'm right here, man, Stiles warned. You don't have to yell. Bring us down to 1,200 feet, but anything closer and they might pick us up if they know what to look for. Works for me, Alex said, watching the altimeter, ready to launch the missiles as soon as possible. For a brief moment, Heather Walton thought she'd die. The pain was so intense. But that moment ended and the anesthetic kicked in and so did Heather. She pushed herself up and was fighting for her life even before she could get to her feet. The impacts of several slugs knocked her about, but she compensated quickly, ducking under a kick from one of the shock troops while she shoved another into the way of the gunfire. Bolts ricocheted off the shock trooper's armor and rebounded around the damaged HAV. The anesthetic wore off in just seconds, and Heather could now feel the BC humming about her, ready for her to grab on and change it at her whim. She blocked a swing from a trooper and planted both hands firmly on his arm, changing the BC suit from the man's protection to his downfall. The suit compressed until the man's body was squeezed out of whatever cracks it could fit through, leaving a compacted pile of blood, guts, and metal on the HAV's deck. Step up, boys, Heather shouted. Time to die. Ghost T.L. Jones rolled from the roof of the HAV he landed on, pissed he hadn't penetrated the machine's hull and done more damage. He watched the back end of the HAV descend and a stream of shock troops pour forth, he instantly reinforced his suit, making sure his armor was more than a match for their weapons. Stepping straight into the attack, he shifted his weight, keeping the barrage of gunfire from slowing him down, absorbing the bullets into his mass. When he knew it was close enough to do maximum damage, he reformed the BC around his arms and shoulders into a dual minigun setup. With a grin on his face, he let loose with 850 rounds a second. Even with their armor, the shock troops were soon cut down, their bodies ripped apart. T.L. stepped to the side and placed his hand on the HAV, taking from it as much BC as he could, creating a bridge between the metal and his miniguns. He started firing the second the first shock troop reanimated and came at him. The whole of the HAV slowly came apart as the BC was absorbed and used to reload the miniguns. When the first gun seized, its mechanism overheated and useless, T.L. let the hot BC fall away and formed two new guns, able to keep the attack up with only a moment's hesitation. Her neck snapped, repaired, snapped again, repaired once more, then was entirely crushed as ghost Jean Lister fell from the HAV she hit and was run over by the vehicle's massive wheels. She tried to roll out of the way when her neck knitted back together once more, but the rear wheels of the vehicle crushed her legs, ripping them right from her torso. She watched in horror as her blood gushed from the nubs that were left. Her vision swam and went gray, then black, then gone. When she woke, she noticed two things, that her body felt good as new, and that she was ravenous. She sat up, but just a split second too late to see the BC boot before it hit her in the face. While she was protected by her suit, her head still rocked back violently. There may have been pain with the attack, 
but all Jean cared about was ripping the BC armor off the trooper and getting at the hot, pulsing flesh inside. She was on her feet, the BC on her hands shifting into long, thin rods in a blink. She slammed the rods into the chest of the trooper. Once contact was made, she willed the BC suit to melt and reveal the man inside. Jean Lister flipped her visor up and sank her teeth into the man's throat before he could ward her off. She didn't care as fists tried to pull her off of him, and when that didn't work, started to bash her about the head and back. All she cared about was the blood and flesh filling her mouth and belly. As she fed, the man's body cooled, and she let herself be dragged away, the power and strength of a fresh feed singing in her muscles. Two more punches was all she took before she let loose on the dozen shock troops surrounding her, ripping them apart when her natural talent, enormous spikes that extended from her fingers, toes, elbows, and the backs of her ankles, kicked in. She knew she shouldn't feel the joy that she did as she gutted and decapitated the troopers that tried to take her down, but at that moment she truly, honestly didn't care. The monster side of the viral nanotech suppressing any and all guilt. 7 HAVs destroyed by missiles, Alex announced. 5 destroyed and 8 damaged by ghost impact. That leaves 26 still fully functional. So? Styles asked. You, you gonna take those out or, or talk about it all day long? I was thinking about taking a break, Alex grinned. Maybe some nice wine and cheese. Cheese is all gone, Styles said. Sorry, got the munchies last night. I'll take some wine, though. Alex focused the eight large caliber guns onto eight individual targets. No time for wine. As soon as I pull this trigger, we won't be hidden anymore. They'll track the trajectory and start firing up. Surprise they haven't already, Styles grinned but I guess there hasn't been an air attack in warfare in nearly 400 years. Fire away, chief. Alex squeezed the trigger and 50 caliber bullets flew from the BTT hell-bent on ripping some holes in everything in their path. Sir, they're ghosts, a trooper shouted over the comm. We're being ripped apart. Of course they're ghosts. Who the fuck did you think they would send? Mr. Stone yelled back. There's only about 20 of them. Fucking kill them. Sir, the driver yelled, large caliber rounds are coming from above. Mr. Stone checked the readings, but it was hardly needed as he could see out the windshield the effects of the slugs. Scan the sky now. They've still got something up there and I want it brought down. Yes, sir, the driver responded, switching his main sensors to vertical. What am I looking for, sir? How the fuck should I know? Just start firing up. Mr. Stone could hear more shouts and calls for help. He activated an open comm channel. Attention all troopers! Stop fighting like you want to live. You can't fucking die. Stop those motherfucking jacks right the fuck now. Mr. Stone slammed his fist against the dash of the HAV, wishing for just one Reginald on the outside instead of the thousands of idiots he was dealing with. Fuck. Billums linked one end of a BC line to an overturned HAV, then dashed 30 yards to another, dodging bullets as he ran. Several of the three's shock troops tried to stop him, but with a flick of his wrist, the BC line whipped across their necks, severing their heads instantly. Although Billums kept moving, he tried to keep an eye on the decapitated troopers, waiting to see if they would be able to put themselves back together. He attached one more line to a third crushed HAV inside. That should give me enough mass, he muttered as he closed his eyes. The HAVs began to shake and shudder, their BC mass liquefying and changing, flowing towards him. He continued to fight off shock troops as he gathered the BC, but it was proving more and more difficult to do both tasks at one time. Finally, Billums made a choice and let the troops attack him, 
hoping he could erase the damage they were doing to his body. Just as he thought he would lose consciousness, Billums was able to fully gather the BC to him, knocking shock troops out of the way with the mass of metal. As the flowing metal began to form, the attacking shock troops started to fall back, unsure of what they were seeing. Billums, what are you doing over there? Heather called over the comm. What the fuck is that thing? Mechanized battle armor, Billums called out as a small cockpit formed about him and he was lifted high into the air. The cockpit stood on two long, multi-jointed legs, bringing Billums to a height of easily eight meters. From each side of the cockpit, an arm sprouted, but instead of hands, the arms ended in an array of weapons. From miniguns to rocket launchers, the new machine was ready to destroy. What the hell is that thing? A ghost asked over the comm as Billums opened fire. I come from a long line of engineers, Billums shouted over the blasts and concussions. My grandfather had schematics that he said came from the old country. He said they are original prototypes of mechs. I've always wanted to build one and figured today is my last chance. Just don't step on any of us, another ghost cried. An RPG exploded close to Billum's cockpit and he struggled to maintain the mech's balance. I got this, he shouted as he kept himself upright. He mentally adjusted his height, giving himself a lower center of gravity and a little more stability. Instantly, he noticed his weapon's accuracy greatly increased. Four HAVs converged on Billum's from every side at once, and he leapt into the air, letting two of the vehicles collide with each other. The other two HAVs pulled up short and opened fire with more RPGs. The rocket concussion sent Billum sprawling, but he didn't let that slow him down as he rolled to the side, launching several RPGs of his own at the HAVs. All four exploded, showering the immediate battlefield with hot metal and burning bodies. You've been listening to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans. This novel and recording are protected under whatever latest, greatest Creative Commons license is out there currently. Share this all you want. Just don't even try to make a buck off it without the express permission of the author, me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please go to jakebible.com. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast production of The Americans. Don't want to wait each week for a new episode? Go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. Want more audiobooks? Go to jakebible.com for info and access to dozens of Jake Bible fiction audiobooks and ebooks. Cheers.